Time Travel, copyright Serenia Murthy 2020. Something strange happened to me when I saw that timepiece and looked from it to Mom. Mom, it's beautiful, Stevie was saying in a hushed and reverential voice. She was holding Mom's wrist. Dad, that's so thoughtful, Allison was saying adoringly. Our old man looked mighty pleased with himself. Everyone looked at me, waiting for my comment. It's nice, I observed. I suppose my tone was kind of offhand. Nice? That's all you can say? Stevie demanded. What do you want me to say? Whatever it is, consider it said. You have no soul, Stevie rolled her eyes. I guess that word soul hit what you might call an exposed nerve. I mean, this is an exact replica of our grandfather's watch, Allison began. I'd had enough. Well, yesterday was our other grandfather's birthday, I informed them. Now I had the satisfaction of seeing them looked startled. Dad looked exceedingly guilty. I turned to him. It was why I thought you and I going to the spy museum might be, I don't know, I bit my lip, kind of appropriate. He looked grim and started to get kind of defensive. Look, Jason, I'm not a mind reader, he began in a not very patient tone. You should have told me. I suppose I'm not all that patient either. Oh, really? I should have told you? Because it seems to me he was your father long before he was my grandfather. Dad flinched. If you can take the time to immortalize an insignificant memento of a man whom you never even met, the girls gasped. It's not insignificant, Mom murmured through gritted teeth, the iron hand beneath the velvet glove and all that. It seems to me that if you can observe, recall, customize, and rebuild a memento of a man you never even met, I indicated the watch on Mom's wrist. Surely you can spare a few seconds to remember the man who, I don't know, raised you? I'm starting to suspect that you aren't quite as indispensable as you make yourself out to be, Professor? Well, that part I agree with, Mom observed. Dad looked exceedingly grim. He strove to keep his voice under control. I take your point, although I strongly object to the manner in which you phrased it, he began. And I have to say, your timing leaves a lot to be desired. As does yours, I reminded him. He looked stung, but recovered quickly. This was supposed to be a pleasant family dinner, he continued. Your mother doesn't get a lot of those. Neither do we, I reminded him. And yesterday was supposed to be a... You know what? Never mind. I don't care if you don't. Great gift. Husband trophy. Good for you. You know, I finally lost control. She is not the only family member whose emotions you have to care about. There's more to this family than just her. Well, exactly, Mom exclaimed. That's what I've been saying. Dad looked stunned at the way the tide had turned. He started to defend himself. Why is everyone ganging up on me all of a sudden? He demanded. All I did was buy you a gift. And I love it, Mom soothed, rubbing his shoulder. But her voice changed to the kind you use when you're trying to explain something to a two-year-old. The way you handled, she glanced at me, this was kind of, well, she hesitated, insensitive. The look on Dad's face clearly said, what, me, insensitive, me, Henry McCord? Mom tried to approach it from a different angle. I'm not saying you were being deliberately callous, she continued, still in the same patient tone. 
It's just, well, it came off as a little clumsy, that's all. Canceling plans at the last minute and not seeming to care. Dad was rapidly losing patience. For the last time, I didn't cancel. I postponed, he began. Oh, honey, I know, but mom glanced at me. Postponing without a solid due date is the equivalent of canceling, I informed him through gritted teeth. Actually, it's more insulting than canceling because it insinuates that the recipient is too stupid to realize he's being strung along. Well, yeah, Mom added apologetically after a pause. What he said. Dad had now reached the end of his rope. I don't see why you couldn't have told me all this yesterday, he complained. You know, for a CIA special unit task force leader, you are surprisingly bad at reading body language, Mom informed him. His jaw dropped. No, I don't think he's all that bad at it, I reflected, causing it to drop even further. I don't think he's all that bad at it when he's, you know, invested in the outcome. Jason, Dad protested. I got up. You know, I know it's breaking a commandment and all that, I began. But there are times when I outright hate you. He was speechless. There are times when I just can't stand you. There was a pause. And this is one of those times. I turned around and left. Last night, I heard mom and dad conversing. When they're older, they'll understand how important the work we do is, dad was saying. Until then, all we can do is wait, tolerate, and be patient to the possible extent. He was clearly expecting agreement. What happened instead surprised him. Mom made an impatient sound with her throat. Something on your mind? She turned to him. It's me, Henry. You know, the woman you talk to at night? She gave an exasperated sigh. You are much too smart not to be able to see what you're doing here. Care to fill me in? Dad muttered. Gladly. There was a ruffle of goose down. I'll wager those weren't the only feathers about to be ruffled. No one is that busy. No one is that indispensable. Not at work, anyway. We both know what you're doing. She placed a hand on his shoulder. You're running scared. There was a pause. I'm not sc- I'm a Marine, Dad suddenly exploded. There is no danger of anyone forgetting that, Mom replied unfazed. Your darling daughter will not allow it. Courage is not restricted to the battlefield. Well, what am I so scared of? Are you accusing me of being afraid of my own son? Not of him exactly, she replied. Of what he represents. You don't know what you're talking about. Henry, she placed her hand on his shoulder. He wasn't looking at her. It's a father-son outing, she explained. You didn't get a lot of those. Dad twisted the side of his mouth. You can't take Jason for granted, Mom reminded him gently. Jason is growing up, and unless you invest in him, he's going to grow away from you. It was a genuine emergency, Dad began. It always is, Mom sighed. Will and I have been through this. Look, she ran her hands through her hair. I think it's great that you want to be there for Alexander. I feel like we owe him, Dad explained. Well, we also owe our son, you know, the person we brought into the world. Jason has everything he needs, Dad said impatiently. Alexander has nothing, no one. No, Mom said sharply. That's not how I see it. Alexander has you. 
which means Jason is the one who has no one. You are his dad. There is no substitute for a biological parent. You know this firsthand. We both do. Saving Alexander from his drug addiction is not going to bring your dad back. There was a pause. Look, I feel for Alexander, <clears throat> Mom said warily. I really do, and I am sorry for whatever role I played that contributed to his suffering. That was not the outcome I was going for. You know that. There's a reason we don't get emotionally involved with our assets. But we are human, Henry. We get emotionally involved with our kids. That's just natural and human and understandable and right. I do care about Alexander, but the fact remains that he is another woman's son. Whereas Jason is my son, I gave birth to him. I'm the boy's mother, Henry. He belongs to me. Blood will tell. I will always go to bat for my kid, even if it means falling on my sword and taking the hit for ruining what was supposed to be a romantic getaway. I am a mother, and I will come back from the grave if I have to, just to make sure that the two of you, my two favorite guys, don't go off the rails. That's quite a speech, Dad observed. You know, for the record, I did try to fix it. I know. She ran the back of her hand against his hair. He relented slightly. You did try to fix it. With me. She paused. But a Patek Philippe watch isn't going to fix this. The entire Cartier inventory warehouse stock isn't going to fix this. At the risk of quoting Smokey the Bear, only you can fix this, Henry. So get in there. Go fix it. Because to use your vernacular, it is pretty damned important. To me. And it ought to be to you as well. Dad pouted, a fact Mom did not fail to notice and comment on. What's with the look? She demanded, half laughing. It's just, this was all a lot easier when I had the world's favorite diplomat by my side, Dad grumbled. I am always on your side, she said, patting his knee. But I made a commitment, McCord. You're just going to have to fly solo on these missions for a little while longer. Flying solo is stupid, Dad grumbled. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Agreed, Mom concurred. She yawned. But the good news is, if you get this right, you won't be alone. You'll have your boy. That's a pretty big if, Dad fretted. Look, just go in there and be direct, Mom instructed. You flew fighter jets in Desert Storm. This is not that hard. You're right, Dad agreed. It's harder. He paused. What am I so afraid of anyway? He demanded. Rediscovering the boy you once abandoned, I suppose, Mom replied. I didn't abandon anybody, Dad protested. I was not referring to Jason, she replied. It's just, this is going to bring up some stuff. I want you to be prepared. I can't believe you're making me do this alone, Dad grumbled. Well, listen to this, Mom laughed. What is this pouting I hear? Haven't you always been the world's foremost advocate for tough love? I have, as long as it's for the kids, Dad admitted. You have to be the change you wish to see in the world, McCord, Mom instructed. That is below the belt, throwing a civil liberties quotation at me. Dad's tone was playfully threatening. It's the McCord man's kryptonite. That's why I holster it, Mom replied.